Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning once again, sports fans, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you for the full two hours today until 11 o'clock. Phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Lauren Tate is riding shotgun this morning. A lot of basketball to talk about. Unfortunately, uh, it does not include Illinois in the mainline discussion after that loss yesterday. But there's more season ahead. Big Ten um, semifinals today. And did you um, raise your hand if you had the number nine seed, the number five seed, the number seven seed, and the number three seed in the quarterfinals of the Big have Ten? It that way, Steve. I didn't either. I, I don't think you can find too many people that did. But that's the way it worked out. Uh, only one of the top four uh, made it uh, to uh, the final four, if you will, of the Big Ten tournament. That was Purdue. Here's a here's a, a comment for you. Of all the teams in the top 25, all the 25 teams, there are a lot of really good teams in there, right? Every single one of them has lost in the last three weeks except one, Murray State. (laughs) And they haven't played exactly the same schedule as these other teams. No, they haven't, but they went through their conference undefeated, and that says something right there. I understand, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, the— the Kentuckys and the Gonzagas yep. and the you know all the rest, they all have lost in the last three. And some of them have lost as many. Texas has lost, I know, of three times. And Baylor's lost twice. Auburn's lost twice. Kansas has lost twice in the last three weeks. I'm saying so what I'm basically telling you is that going into the tournament, we don't know who's going to win. Well, all you got to do is look back at what uh, UCLA did last year. They lost their yep. last three or four yep. games yep. and then had to get into the play uh, play-in game. And Michigan so State had them beat. Yes. In in that play-in game. Over in Dayton. And it got away from them, and, and uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. It's just every game every game comes down, Steve, to a crisis point near the end where it's going to swing one way or the other, depending on your ability to not make a turnover or make a layup. Or, or make you know, a foul shot. <laughs> <laughs> make a free throw or not make a free throw. It's just uh, it, there's, a, there's a, that point in every game, when, and it's usually in the final seconds. For Illinois yesterday, it was the final two seconds. Have any leftover thoughts from that? We certainly will kick that around this morning. That 65-63 to uh, 63 Indiana victory over the Fighting Illini yesterday 
moving Indiana into today's first uh, semifinal matchup against number five uh, seed Iowa. That'll be followed by seventh seeded Michigan State and number three Purdue. That's in the Big Ten tournament. Other conference tournaments going on as well. And then you've got the uh, state championships uh, going on at the uh, State Farm Center today and Illinois High School Association at 11 o'clock. It's Yorkville Christian and Liberty for the 1A championship. And right after that. Right at 1230, it'll be uh, the 2A championship. Monticello at 33-3 and on the season against Nashville. More on that game coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes. Class 3A at 530 for the state championship. Springfield Sacred Heart uh, Griffin against the Metamora. And then the 4A championship tonight at 7 Chicago Whitney Young against Glenbard West. So a busy day at the uh, State Farm Center. Again, the phone lines are open, 217-356-9397. Our guest uh, lineup on this uh, Saturday Sports Talk includes uh, an assistant basketball coach at Monticello, Luke Mary. He'll join us coming up in just a few minutes as they get ready to play in that 1230 game. Brad Sturdy from Illini Guys will be with us at 930 to talk some Illinois and Big Ten Tournament uh, Basketball and NCAA Basketball. At uh, Shortly before 10, we'll announce this week's winner of the uh, Game Day Spirit uh, Prize. Hopefully you've had a chance to sign up for that, and we'll tell you how to do that in the weeks ahead, too, uh, if you'd like to do that. We'll have the winner announced at 55 and get you up to date on what's going on with new merchandise at Game Day Spirit. Second hour, we'll talk some Major League Baseball and other topics with Will Leach, now that... Uh, Baseball is back on the horizon. And then at 10.30, Dion Thomas will join us for more basketball talk. Let's go to the phones. Alan in Montrose is with us. Good morning, Alan. Morning, guys. It's a bright, sunshiny day, but I don't think anybody's going to be playing golf. <laughs> well, you never know, but it's the chill factor right now up here is minus five, so probably not. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you what. That, that wind is biting cold today. But a uh, few days, I think everybody will be out there. Uh, the game yesterday was not played very well by either team at all. As bad as we played, we almost still won. But uh, our inconsistency, I think, is going to end up getting us. And when I say inconsistency, I'm talking about shooting and our free throw shooting. Our guards yesterday were something like, what, 7 for 30? And our free throws were 11 for 19. That would get you beat most of the time. Yeah, the guard play certainly has to improve from uh, the last couple of games. Well, one thing about it, uh, we never seem to lose two games in a row. But uh, like I said, we're just not consistent enough to win three or four in a row now. Early in the year we were, but not now. Seems like if we get a bad Andre Cabello, we really struggle, and if we get a good Corbello, we win uh, most of the time or fairly easy. Well, the, the, and it's been a while since we've won a game. Well, the problem is that is you could, when, we, when we win one, that, that was easy. <laughs> well, the thing about Corbello, you could get the, the what you call the bad and the good. You can get that all in the same game. In the same minute. <laughs> exactly, because yesterday he did a lot of good things. Now he didn't finish on a couple of uh, layups that he made tremendous moves on, he see, but he had some assists. He had a lot of rebounds, and uh, he did miss some foul shots and didn't shoot a while. But, uh, so you get that up and down 
uh, with him right to, as Lauren said in the same minute of the game. Well, here's the thing: when he's in the game, he kind of just as he did in the final play of the game, which I'm not criticizing him for doing it, but he does take over. Mm-hmm. He tends to take over the game, and at some point, and now he he may lay back for a while because he's been, you know, he's aware that that other there's other players on the team, but. He's more of a score shooter than he is a, a, a passer, although he will make some spectacular passes. And every time he makes a spectacular pass, I say to myself, I wish he wouldn't do that because they don't all work. So the ones that work are fine, but I wish you just play within yourself and don't make mistakes. Four turnovers in the last minutes of that game. Not him, but, but right. the team. But both, both him and Frazier looked like they were getting shook. And that's unusual for them, uh, especially Frazier. They was having trouble dribbling the ball, and that's the reason why I think Underwood called the timeout. They, they looked like they were playing like freshmen. Okay, Alan, they got time to hit the reboot. We'll see if they get that done. Thanks for the call. We appreciate that. Let's go uh-huh. to, this is an Indiana team that just beat Michigan. They're not playing bad now. Right. right. I mean, you can say they played bad to beat Illinois, but – uh, they're, they're, that's two good wins for them, and pride puts them in the NCAA tournament. I think it does. Steve in Princeton, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. But uh, I think this week Lauren mentioned that somebody got beat. Jim Phillips told him they got beat out of the tournament. The team was going to rest, and 10 days, two weeks from now, we might forget all about this loss of uh, yesterday for Illinois. Well, sure. But um, I was at um, – um, State tournament on Thursday, and I was up at the IBCA Coaches Hall of Fame. They got a display up there and so forth. And a man asked me, he says, is Lauren Tate here? And I said, well, I don't know. He's probably here. Monticello's playing. He said, well, tell him Phil Judson's looking for him. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I went and saw Art Seavers. I said, is Lauren Tate still around here? He said, no, he just left. And I said, well, Phil Judson's looking for him. <laughs> okay. And I don't know if Phil's going to be there today or not, but he said, uh, he said, if you see Lauren Tate, tell him I'm looking for him. All right. I'll, look, I'll see if I can find him. But anyway, he was looking forward to seeing you, and it was great to see Phil. He looks in good health, great health, and had a lot of memories and, and so forth. But uh, So you know who you look for today if you're at the State Farm Center. All right. Thank you. Lauren will be signing autographs all day long over there, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Lauren will definitely be there. Steve, thanks for the call. Moving up on nine ten, need to take our first time out. We'll do that, and we'll talk more about uh, the uh, state tournament at the State Farm Center and the Monticello game in particular. Coming up next on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Indoors, Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock. Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. The Lanai Pella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. PellaofChampaign.com. Twelve minutes after 9 o'clock, Lanai Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly, and we're here until 11 o'clock today. State basketball championship games on uh, tap today and tonight at the State Farm Center. The first game getting underway at 11 is Yorkville Christian against Liberty. And then at 12.30, Monticello and Nashville. We're going to talk more about that ball game right now. Luke Mary is with us. Luke is one of the assistant coaches for uh, Kevin Roy at uh, Monticello High School. Good morning, Luke. How are you doing? Are you pretty excited? Did you get any sleep overnight? 
I, you know what? Hey guys. Yeah, no, I actually slept pretty well. So we, um, we did some scouting and looked at some film and then got to bed early. Cause today's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a long one though. That's all right. When you looked at that film of, uh, Nashville, tell us what you saw. What, uh, what are the, some of the challenges today? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're really, um, they're long. They're really good defensively. They're like us. They're pretty patient on offense. Um, they really crash the boards. They rebound really well. Um, so it ought to be a fun defensive battle. And um, at some point, you got to make some shots. So um, some of the teams that struggle against them, they just they couldn't knock down some shots. And eventually, you got to you got to put the ball in the hole. Luke, this is Lauren. I, I talk about you played for Kevin Roy back when he was beginning. Did he coach then like he is coaching now? And I'd like to get into how he teaches the, the players to be so patient offensively. Yeah, I would say so. I was his first team he ever had. So um, it was a little different then, but he always stresses um, ball movement, player movement. Um, you know, eventually if you, if you move the ball, you're probably going to find a better shot. Um, you know, the more you make the defense work and the more you make them rotate, Eventually, somebody's going to break down, and that's usually when you're going to get the best look. Um, you know, they're just so they're connected as a group, so that's why it's so easy for them to keep moving that ball yeah, and get good looks. Yeah, everybody talks about you know the, the the slowdown and the fact that they pass the ball around, but what they do, you mentioned this. There, there is tremendous player movement. I mean, there isn't. It's not just they're passing around the outside. There's there are people cutting all the time and. Uh, I don't know how many times you uh, ultimately were able to break down the defense and get to the basket and uh, against Rockville and and uh, and get that ball inside for the easy layup. I mean that that kind of that that's what really made the game easy. You got so many and you shot 68 percent, I believe, and and uh, there were a lot of layups in there. Yeah, that's what uh, Coach Roy uses the line. He says you guys are all good at making layups. Um, we got some good jump shooters too, but mm-hmm. everybody's pretty good once they get down by the rim. And uh, Joey, our center, he's been really good. He's really good at reading. As soon as his guy helps out to rotate, he just kind of slips underneath the basket. Those guys find him, and uh, he had a lot of success um, in that game against Rock Ridge. So that was great to see. Yeah, Sprinkle was seven out of seven in that game, uh, and practically all layups. And I, I guess he's <laughs> yep. going to play a, a quarterback for St. Ambrose. Is that right? Yes, yeah, no, he's a really good athlete. Um, he's a really good baseball player as well. And, yeah, I mean, on football field, he's he's great because he's, you know, he just reads and reacts, and um, that's what makes that group talented is we don't have to call too many sets or um, specials or anything like that because they just kind of see what the defense is giving them. They read, react, and then usually we get a pretty good look out of it. Talking to Luke Mary about Monticello Sage's basketball team, did you see this kind of success coming with this particular group of guys and uh, if so does that happen very often where you can you can kind of anticipate that when you see a group of guys that have been together a while yeah I don't think you ever can go into a season and think you're gonna play for a state championship um this group is special um you know I, I coached them when they were freshmen and none of them really matured early or anything like that but they've always just had really good depth they've always played together there's not one superstar, um, but, you know, they all just play for each other, and uh, they're all really close friends off the court, so that makes it kind of easy once you get on the court because they're playing for something bigger than themselves, and um, 
we just kind of been on a roll. I think us getting challenged in regionals the way we did um, against Prairie Central, that really showed the guys how tough it is to win in the postseason. And ever since then, we've kind of taken off. I enjoy watching them play defense. They're likely to put up a, a shutout in, in, in any given <laughs> quarter, aren't they? Yeah, the, the defensive side of the ball, um, our rotations, um, you know, it starts with ball pressure, but then our rotations and the way the guys um, cut off the lane and then the way they, they box out and get the boards, um, it's pretty tough for teams to get easy looks against us. So if they're taking contested shots and then we get a good box out, usually um, we're holding teams to, you know, our goal is to hold people under 40 points, and if we do that, our record's usually pretty good. Let's go to the phones. We've got a question uh, for Luke Mary, Bob in Urbana. Go ahead, Bob. Yes, uh, I was really impressed. I saw the game, and I was really impressed, again, with your defense, the way you collapse and the way you bring three people to where the ball is. Uh, but then the other thing I want to uh, ask you about is your passing is always chest level and no bounce passes. Uh, can you explain the speed of how you get that <clears throat> done so there's no uh, maybe errors when they're passing the ball because they're all chest passes around the rim? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, basically what we do is we have a couple of drills. Um, we have one that's called 50 passes where you have six defenders, um, five offensive players, and basically you cannot dribble and each Fast point and try to get up to 50 passes um and the thing bounce passes are great when you're driving and dropping off at the rim but most of the time you don't want to you don't want to have a bounce pass going out to a shooter and then uh the phrase we use is aim small miss small um on those passes so like you said you always want to pass it kind of in that shot pocket and that chest area um and our guys just do a really good job of that they they got great basketball iq and they got great skill well, I, I think that's the the key. Your you guys are really really smart in their basketball, the cutting and the passing and their their skill set, their pace of the game is just uh, magnificent. And I was I was very pleased to watch that. And even though you you run the clock down, there are some times where you go two or two and a half minutes without uh, taking a shot. You're waiting for that opening to maybe get the layup. So. Anyway, it was a it was a magnificent game to watch, and I appreciate the skill set that you guys have brought as coaches to helping these kids get to where they are. So, my congratulations for what you're doing, and I hope you do well today. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Appreciate it. That's really nice of you. Yeah, Bob. Thanks for the call. We do appreciate that. Did you notice Luke uh, when they uh, played that first game on Thursday at the uh, State Farm Center? Any jitters? Any big big arena? hey, this is where the Illini played, that kind of stuff. And if so, they seem to get by pretty quick. Yeah, I, I think, you know, since um, the guys that play are all seniors, they handle it really well. Um, when any, anyone asks us how the guys are feeling, I, I just think they're ready for that next game. Um, you know, I think it starts with Ben, our point guard, and then Dylan. Those guys kind of um, – they don't have to yell to lead, but they lead by example and – uh Usually if those guys are ready, the whole team's ready. So and that's kind of how we've been. So I, I didn't really notice a difference, and that's a good thing. Yeah, you got off to a 10-2 to two jump. I remember that, and I was thinking, it, it, I think that all the nervousness was on the other side. Uh, that's what I saw. I think the, I think the other ball club was, uh, is it Rock Ridge? Am, I, am yes. I getting the name right? Rock Ridge. Uh, uh, it just seemed like they, um, they couldn't get – I, I think that the the delay of the the way that Monticello played really threw them off, 
and it took them a long time. By the fourth quarter, they were scoring uh, much more aggressive, and they're bigger and stronger. They had a freshman, by the way, that's six foot three and two hundred and fifteen pounds, scored eighteen points. So he he's going to be a ton in the future. But it looked like Monticello was just uh, played their game, and I think Rock Ridge uh, took them a long time to get into their flow. Don't you think? Yeah, I do think, you know, one thing with our patience on offense is that's pretty tough to go against um, physically, but also mentally. Um, Most of their scores we were looking at, they had a lot of scores in the 70s. um, Uh And the way we play, even though we might not put up that many game, our efficiency is what's important. And if they're playing defense for two or three minutes and then they have to go, they get the ball in the offense and then it's one or two passes and a shot that starts to wear on them. So I, I do think I do think it had an effect. And even though the score wasn't as wide a margin in the first half, I do think there was quite an effect on um, us keeping the pace the way we wanted to keep it. Well, we're just about three hours away from the state championship game. Uh, Luke Mary, assistant coach at Monticello. Don't do anything different. Uh, wear the same socks you've been wearing all through the tournament. Don't, don't change now. I got the same shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, I, I think the guys, um, you know, we – they went to school yesterday. We're not staying at a hotel. Um, like you said, keeping the same routine, keeping the same structure. Um, you know, we're getting in here and just doing a little shoot around, get a few shots up in Monticello, and then um, they have a nice police escort for us to, to go to the uh, State Farm Center. So um, we'll keep it the same, and hopefully at the end of the day we can uh, get a win. Um, it's been an awesome year, amazing year. Anybody going to be left in Monticello about noon? <laughs> I, I, you know what? Between um, I've even got old high school buddies, and I think the whole town's going to be there. And um, the sport's been amazing all year. Um, I think there will be a lot of purple there at the State Farm Center today. Hey, appreciate your time, Luke. Uh, congratulations uh, to you, and uh, give uh, our uh, best of luck to uh, Kevin Roy and the rest of the ball club, and we'll be anxious to watch. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Go Sages. You bet. That's Luke Mary with us from uh, Monticello. Luke is also involved with our title sponsor, uh, Illini Pella Windows and Doors. He is Mike Mary's son, and he mm-hmm. works there full time. And uh, I'll just swing right into a little commercial for them yeah, while we do yeah. that, because Luke is a guy you could call if you're looking for uh, windows and doors for your home. And uh, it was just a nice uh, natural coincidence that... Uh, we could tie these two together, of he being an assistant coach at Monticello. But the uh, Pillow Window Store is at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. That's where you can see the products in person. Put your hands on there and find out uh, what might work for you. You'll discover the beauty of uh, wood windows, the ease of between the glass blinds, and, of course, the durability of fiberglass windows and entry doors. The uh, Pillow experts know all about what uh, type of window or door works best for each unique situation. And, Working with them is a very easy process. They'll be there for assistance along the way from the shopping portion of it and all the way to the installation. So the best way to do it is to visit the local showroom to get started, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, Saturday by appointment. Check out the products online if you'd like to do that before you go in at PellaofChampagne.com. Illini Pella Windows and Doors. So the uh, lineup for the uh, state championship games today, as we mentioned, the 1A game at 11 o'clock, Yorkville Christian with uh, the shoot.
fellow who can shoot the ball. He can shoot, can he? <laughs> and oh, he, he's really good. Shoot can shoot, and he's heading to Duke. <laughs> there you go on that one. Now, they're heavily favored. They had a, about a 30-point win. And that, yeah, he that, came out shooting threes right from the beginning. He even made an off-balance three. I mean, he was just he was really locked in at the start of that game, and it was, it was a joke. The game was over. Yeah, they had another guy who was actually the high scorer of the game. It wasn't, wasn't even him. Yeah. So they've got a good balance there. Yorkville Christian heavily favored over Liberty, but that's why you play the game. 12-30, Monticello against Nashville. Sages are 33-3, and trying to win their first state championship. That's in 2A. And, and there will be a lot of people saying after this game, they should put in a shot clock. <laughs> no kidding. One of those games, I've lost track. I was keeping pretty close attention, but one of the games was 10-6 mm-hmm. at the half. 21 to 21 in overtime. Yeah. And, <laughs> and each team made a foul shot and missed a foul shot in the first overtime. That's right. Two overtime. Yeah. I, I think um, they're, they're very similar in the way they play, although Nashville's bigger. They got more basketball athletes that look like basketball players. Monticello just looks like a bunch of average guys. I mean, Cressup, their best player, is 5'9. Is right. That uh, Nashville, that was they were in that two overtime game. It was thirty-one to twenty-four, the final score in yep. the two overtime. Went crazy game. in that second overtime. Yeah, they did. Huh? They got they got hot there in the second overtime, and then um, tonight two games of the uh, bigger school classes: three A at five thirty, Springfield Hard Griffin against Metamora. Metamora had the uh, one of the nice wins in that tournament, and then uh, class four A to, at tonight at seven o'clock, Whitney Young against Glenbard West. By the way, I, you mentioned Metamora beating uh, Simeon. And yeah. It doesn't look like Simeon has any superstars like they normally, like we expect from them, at least in years past. Sure was good, though, seeing uh, seeing the players back in the State Farm Center. It looked like the crowds were, were decent. I don't, it's hard to get a number when yeah. you're there, when people are spread out. But I think if, if it indeed was five, six, seven, eight thousand. 8,000, uh, I think the, all the folks involved in putting that on would be happy with that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they'd be tickled to death with 8,000. Yeah. I don't know if it was that high, but it, it's close. Maybe it will be if they take if all of Piatt County shows up. Yeah, they'll, they'll be out there today. <laughs> There's probably 8,000 people in Piatt County sprinkled around. Just bring them all. Yep. Back the place, back the gym. 9.27 is the time. We're going to go back to Illinois basketball and uh, Big Ten tournament basketball, NCAA hoops as well, when Brad Sturdy joins us. And we'll keep the phone lines open if you want to jump in and talk Illinois basketball with Bradley from IlliniGuys.com. And we'll take a break and be back and do that after this. We'll move it up on 9.30. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly with you until 11. Phone line open, 217-356-9397. High school basketball going on. Big Ten basketball tournaments going on. Other conference uh, tournaments as well. The NCAA tournament coming up. A lot of people wearing orange and blue had to leave Indianapolis earlier than they wanted to yesterday. Some are leaving today, including Brad Sturdy, who is on the line with us. Good morning, Bradley. How are you? Good. How are you guys? We're hanging in there like uh, everybody else here uh, had other plans for Saturday and Sunday uh, surrounding the Big Ten tournament, but those things happen. But uh, only one of the top four seeds makes it into the final four of the Big Ten tournament. So that, that's uh, one of the interesting things about postseason play, right? Yeah, it's a thing elimination tournament. And you, these teams all know each other so well, and it, I think that a lot of those teams, you look at them, they're playing for their lives. You know, Indiana was playing for 
uh, a chance to get in the tournament. Iowa playing the best basketball around. Michigan State is, well, you know, it's, it's the Izzo month, right? So um, March is usually pretty good in March. So I, I think that everybody was, you know, Penn State gave Purdue all they wanted to. So I, it's a it's a fun event. It was great. I, the only problem is now I have to go home and probably my wife will put me to work. Um when I could have been watching basketball games. So I, I guess that's, that's my downside. Well, you've had a little time to kind of think about that uh, Illinois-Indiana game. Uh, what are your thoughts after, uh, you know, getting your work done and maybe uh, having a cold beverage last night and kind of putting the finishing touches on that ball game? They uh, had some breakdowns there in, in, in guard play and a couple of key turnovers late that uh, really cost him in foul shooting as well. Yeah, I mean, you just they, they were 11 for 25 at the rim. Um, and that's just not and you, when you take out Kobe, you know, from two point range, Kobe was eight for thirteen. The rest of the team was four for twenty one. So that's just not making shots. Alfonso Plummer two for twelve. Hunter Cabello one for seven. Um, you know, they just you know Trent Frazier. I don't think took a sh- took one shot in the last ten minutes. So they really didn't get the guard play that they need if they want to win. You know, come March, um, come the NCAA tournament. So, but overall, you know, I think you look at it and say most of those shots were shots that you expect them to make. Even the last layup by, you know, Carbello. I mean, that's a shot you'll take to win the game. And um, it didn't go down, and so at the end of the day, you lose. But, you know, if you can keep getting plenty shots, you know, eventually you, you got to hope you make this. Really, as a coaching staff, all you can do is put guys in position to, to, with, to, to make a shot. I mean, you, you give them a play, you give them an opportunity. If they miss the shot, then I, I don't know what else you do. And, you mentioned free throws. The, the big nemesis for me is going to be those front ends. Uh, they've missed three more front ends of one and one in this game, and that that comes back to bite you in a single, single elimination tournament in March. I think uh, we haven't talked enough about how uh, Coleman Hawkins played in this game. For all the bad play or the weak play, the inconsistent play of the guards and the shooting in particular, <laughs> Hawkins really stepped up. You think he can continue to do this? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the player Coleman Hawkins can be. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a really good defender. Um, he can score. He can make shots. He passes the ball. He, you know, he, he's got a – he can rebound. He can attack the offensive glass, too. He just does a lot of good things. Very active guy. Um, you know, and I think, yeah, he can do this. I'm not saying he's going to shoot four for seven from three every game, but I think he can take open looks and knock them down and be a threat and really help space the floor. But also – he put it on the floor a little bit. He can attack the basket. He can, you know, and he brings you something defensively that really nobody else has at, at that four spot, and that's that length, the ability to change and alter shots. What do you hear on Grandison? Do you think he'll be back? I do. I know. I talked to I, I talked to Jake a little bit. He, he um, you know, he's day to day. He says, but he want he wanted to play badly, but they feel like it's best for him to. It felt like it was best for him to take the extra time. You know, to be honest, Illinois was playing for a Big Ten tournament title, yes, but they're probably locked into that four-seed line. Maybe they could have slid up to a three, but regardless, they're probably locked in that four-seed line, so they weren't really playing for anything special. You know, so um, I think it was smart because you want to be 100% next week. Talking to Brad Sturdy, we do have the phone line open if you want to jump in. And Steve in Kentucky is on with us. Go ahead, Steve. Good morning. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, 
I guess I got just a couple thoughts. Wanted to see if you agree or disagree with me, but you know, it's always easy to be negative after a uh, a loss like we had yesterday, and a lot of people negative on Corbello, but I feel like Corbello and Hawkins are the X factors, and they're both trending in the right direction. I mean, Corbello with ten boards, his defense, which a lot of people don't see or, or talk about was really elite. Uh, he took that charge at the end of the game, you know, his, his active hands, the way he moves through screen. Uh, so that's the positive. That's, I don't think we're going to see a Corbello shoot three for seven from the free throw line again and someone that uh, misses some of those shots he, he, uh, he took there at the end of the game. So I think that's the positive. And then the negative being uh, the confidence, uh, especially from like someone like DeMonte Williams who just didn't – Seemed like he had the confidence to take any shots yesterday. Plummer gets down on himself, you know, passes up a three, kicks it over to Capello, shot clock violation. You know, yep. those, those are the parts that worry me. I feel like if they uh, can get that confidence, uh, we'll be all right. But uh, we got to have it uh, come March here because anything can happen. Uh, do you guys agree or disagree with me on that? Well, I don't have any disagreement. I think uh, with uh, Corbello, you just have to live with it. I mean, he's either going to, you know, make a good play or he's not. I mean, I don't know. I don't think – I think you have to play him. I, I agree with you that he uh, provides uh, – he's a good – he's a very adept uh, defensive rebounder and for, for, despite his modest size. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that I, he's got to be careful about his shot selection. That's that's the only thing I would say. I I'm not complaining about the, the layups that he missed. He's trying to make them, and, and he, you got to take them. But he did take one three I didn't think he should take. And, and, and I just think that his, his shooting uh, average in recent games has, for the most part, been below par, his shooting. And uh, I guess you just have to live with that. I don't know what else you do. Any thoughts on that, Bradley? So I, I think Corbello, I thought yesterday his floor game was actually really good. Um, you know, four assists, he had one turnover. He um, you know, played really good defense. He got the, made some really nice passes that uh, led to maybe free throws for Hawkins on the break. It didn't have to be an assist or entry passes to Kobe where he'd make a move and he didn't get an assist for him. I thought his floor game was fantastic. I thought he played good defense. He just didn't finish up. I thought he took one bad shot uh, coming off the screen. We shot like a fadeaway from the – uh, wing there, but you know, the other, but other than that, I thought he played really well. But I agree with you. I think those are the guys that give you something that no one else gives you. I thought Coleman Hawkins was was really good. Now, I, the other part about it is you notice that Illinois played a lot of Plummer, Herbello, and Frazier together. Having Hawkins to play that four spot really allows you to do that because you get better rebounding and that length at the rim from Hawkins to go with Kofi inside. So. I think that's uh, that's an intriguing thing. And you mentioned confidence. I think confidence is huge. I think he's exactly right. Um, Alfonso Plummer passing up that three late was like, you know, and I know he's two for 12, but how many shots has he passed up this year? Not very many. So you got to get his mind right and get him on the right track. And obviously the best way to do that is get in the gym, get shots up, start feeling confident, feeling good about the way you're shooting it. And um, I have confidence he'll, he'll right the ship and, and make some shots next week. Hey, Steve in Kentucky, thanks for listening. Thanks for the call. We certainly appreciate hearing from you. Let's move along. Got a couple of Garys standing by. Let's go to Gary in Champaign first. Go ahead, Gary. Hey, good morning. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with the previous caller about Corbello. He's, you know, he, I thought he played pretty good on the floor, too. And I, I'm there early, and I see Corbello in pregame, and he's out there practicing three-point, and he's bombing them. He's just taking them. He's making, like, sometimes eight out of ten from the, you know, around the outside. But so I'm, I'm you know, eventually when his, uh, his confidence gets better during the game, he can, I think he can make them like Plummer does. Anyway, uh, I had a, my big question was there at the end of the game uh, with about maybe a minute and 40 seconds to go and I think Cohen tried to pass the ball back to uh, Corbello and it tipped off the guy and the Indiana guy picks up the ball at half court, dribbles down and loses it out of bounds. At that point, the shot clock uh, on TV was showing that it went to 30. They decided he didn't have possession. The, they, they didn't have the possession, officials decided that he didn't have possession. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's yeah, a bad when, decision. When they took it out of bounds. Yeah, the, but the shot clock shows 30, and then while, while we, have, we have it in, and they, if they look up and see 30, then, I mean, that's crazy. Anyway, um, I just I just was curious on that. Uh, it just seemed like a bad uh, call. Probably but was. They make, a, they make 100 of them in a game. <laughs> 100 yeah, bad calls at least. Yeah, anyway. Okay, all right. That's, that's what I wanted to make sure of. All right. Okay, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, go, go ahead, Brad. Go ahead, Brad. The shot clock in the arena actually never reset. It stayed at 17. Um, so we were actually sitting there courtside, and we said the exact same thing. And the, the, what we were told was that um, the, the the officials deemed that he never had control of the ball. So it wasn't. So Plummer actually was one who made the pass. He didn't even get he didn't get a turnover for that either. So um, it was considered still part of the same possession. Talking to Brad Sturdy from IlliniGuys.com. We're going to keep Brad for a couple of more minutes. Let's go back to the phones. Got a call from Scottsdale, Arizona. Gary, good morning. Morning. How many games do you think Illinois has played this year where they've had a, a total complement of healthy ball players? One, I'm told. Yeah. When they still had uh, everybody uh, real early in the season. Was, was it Cincinnati or I'm not sure. Um, but I think that's right. I, I'm, but the main thing is that they didn't have Hutcherson basically all year, and they, they lost uh, Kofi for four games, and they lost, uh, you know, they lost Grabello for two months, and yeah, Trent missed you know, I mean, it's been a really up-and-down situation, and plenty of good reason to have named, uh, uh, I think, Underwood the coach of the year based on all the things that he had to fight through, although – it is true that uh, Wisconsin was picked tenth, and they won a lot of close games. And so, yeah, but I, I agree with you on the health thing, and, and that's—I mean, we didn't have that problem last year, so that's that's no. That's although really I, part. we did miss uh, Io late, obviously, and when he was hitting the Michigan State game, and and Io had a, you know, he uh, he came back, but boy, oh boy, he uh, he was playing with that mask on. I don't know how that affected him. It's like. How was how did you, how do you uh, gauge what Johnny Davis did yesterday for Wisconsin? He had a terrible right. game, but he was injured in the previous game. Was he playing hurt? I don't know. I mean, you can use that as an excuse, but uh, you just never know how a guy's going to play after he's been hurt. Right. I think he was only three for seventeen yesterday. Three for nineteen, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my! I was off. <laughs> so was he. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thanks a lot. 
All right, Gary, thanks. We appreciate you listening out in Arizona and taking time to call us. Brad, we'll let you go here shortly, but uh, your thoughts on on this Illinois team now as it kind of reloads and uh, maybe gets a little time off before the NCAA tournament. They'll find out tomorrow where they're seated and where they might go and still looks like a, a number four seed probably for Illinois. How are you feeling about them come postseason time now? I mean, they're one of those teams that – the one thing about this season, I mean, you saw teams like Auburn lose in the quarterfinals of their tournament. You saw Baylor lose. You see – so, I mean, we've seen teams that you, you just don't know. I think this year is unlike last year. Last year I felt like you went into the tournament and you almost everyone felt like Baylor and Gonzaga were the two best teams, and they were really good teams. I, I don't feel that this year. I think, um, you know, Arizona's good, but – they're not going to be 100% now. And I don't think you have anybody who's really going in, you know, guns a-blazing except Gonzaga, and they haven't played anybody, you know, from a high-major conference in three months. So I just I, I feel like it's wide open. Illinois is one of those teams that has a chance to make a run, um, especially if they shoot the ball well. You know, if, if guys like Plummer and Grandison Frazier uh, are knocking down shots and, and you know, and Kofi's dominating the paint, which will probably happen against 90% of the teams, then you, they have a chance to beat anybody. But at the same time, you know, they also have shown the ability to make it in a really close game against teams that aren't up to their level. Um, in, in, you know, so we'll, it, it just, they're up and down. I mean, we'll see. I think they'll win their first game, and then they're going to have probably a 4-5 game that'll be a tough one. And then after that, then you're just playing with house money against probably what would be a one seed. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's just anybody's tournament. I mean, when you consider that Baylor's lost twice lately, Auburn's lost twice lately, Kansas has lost twice lately, uh, you have uh, Arizona losing to Colorado, you have, uh, of course, uh, uh, Gonzaga splitting with St. Mary's, uh, they won one and lost one. I mean, it, I, I, and even Kentucky has lost recently, and Duke, uh, Duke uh, loses to North Carolina. North Carolina lost yesterday to Virginia Tech. I mean, it's just who knows what's going to happen. It's just a toss-up all the way up and down the line. It looks to me like Purdue's lost twice lately. Yep. No question. I, I do think the one thing, I think that people get too caught up in trends at the end of the year, too, like winning or losing. I mean, UCLA lost four games in a row last year and then went to the Final Four. Yep. Um, you know, you look at their teams, I think it was, uh, there was, you know, USC had lost four of eight and, you know, make the lead eight, so go down the line there were so many we get too caught up in how teams are playing in conference play it's just a different animal too so a lot of it depends on matchups when you get in the tournament Illinois had a tough matchup in the second round last year maybe they get a good matchup this year well you either catch fire or you're out that's what it amounts to because they're all about equal Brad Sturdy from IlliniGuys.com appreciate your work appreciate your time we'll bump into you again soon thanks for uh, taking time with us and drive home safely Thanks. Appreciate you. You bet. Brad Sturdy with us at 945. We'll keep the phone lines open as we move towards the uh, top of the hour. We'll take a quick time out now and be back with more. Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400 DWS after this. 948 Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren B. Tate. Stephen Kelly with you until... 11 o'clock, and then Lauren scurries off to the uh, State Farm Center for the uh, Monticello game. A lot of basketball to watch, either in person or on the tube today. A lot going on. Coming up in about uh, seven or eight minutes, we're going to pull the winner of this week's uh, Game Day Spirit 
contest. You can uh, enter by simply going to our Facebook page and looking for the contest icon there with Game Day Spirit or to um, um, WDWS.com. You can find it there as well. This week's prize, a $50 gift certificate. They've got some uh, neat new Big Ten Championship merchandise in. We'll learn more about that coming up. So, the double buy in the Big Ten Tournament. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because three of the four teams that had the double buy <laughs> lost. Well, yesterday. I think that basically you're just giving them an opportunity to play and not much chance of winning. I mean, they can win a, an individual game, but as far as winning five in a row, is that what you're asking No, me? I'm talking about the, the teams that had the double buy and didn't. Oh, the, oh, the double buy. And, oh, yes. oh, you mean, oh, oh, yes. oh, yeah, sure. I think that's, that's uh it's a, it's a big advantage, and I think that you earn you, you should earn something on the basis of twenty hard conference games, right? Right. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah, yeah. but I guess where I was going, sitting there for that amount of time Today? before you play. Okay, I think that's a disadvantage. I think the team that has played one time the day before, and I said this before the Illinois game. I was hoping we could hang with them for a half because I figure that after they beat Michigan, they were going to come out and be pretty sharp for a half. At least they would be conditioned for all the, 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 you know, the atmosphere there. And Illinois might be a little cold coming out. Well, Illinois went nine minutes without a field goal after those first two baskets. Nine minutes without a field goal. And I, I think that's partly because they're just not accustomed to it. I don't know. what. How else can I explain it? Well, they've got that, that tendency to go into those droughts. Mm-hmm. But we've seen it. Oh, all yeah. season long. Oh, you're right. You're right about that. Usually one in each half. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had the last five minutes without a basket. Right. So, but but uh, I, I that's no excuse. That's just a fact of life that we've known for many years that the team that has played the day before has a little bit of an edge starting out. But you shouldn't have an edge at the at the end. Right. And Illinois didn't finish very strong, so I don't know that that kills my argument. Or you could get a team like Penn State. That- Played every day of the tournament. <laughs> they played Thursday, Friday, they played Saturday. Hard, they played hard yesterday too. Well, they were, I mean, they yeah. were they were with, they were within reach of Purdue with a, a couple minutes to go. I think it was a one point game with two minutes to go, and Purdue outscored them seven nothing the last uh, yeah the last part of the ball game there to to advance. How so, good is Ivy? Tell me how good Ivy. You know, is. I go up and down on that. You know, you see him one day, you think, man, this guy's a a lottery Whoa. pick or yeah. a top three or four pick. Yeah, and other times he he looks like well he's not interested, and then then he gets interested again. He has extraordinary athleticism that he does have, but uh, sometimes uh, you're able to cut him off. How good is Iowa? How good are they playing right They're now? They're awful good offensively. I tell you, the one great thing about McCaffrey's teams is they just come out shooting and they don't worry about it. You don't ever see them choke up. I don't think. They, they choked up against Illinois, though, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, they missed everything at the end of the Illinois Well, they game. did, yeah. But, uh, but they, they are, they're a high-scoring, 80, 85, 86, 87 points a game. And uh, they scored 112 against Northwestern and just buried them. And, uh, I, you know, I think Iowa's got a real chance to get up to the Sweet 16. I don't think they can win the national championship because they don't have a center. And their center position can hurt them eventually. But um, a lot of these teams don't have centers. They put uh, 84 points on a pretty good Rutgers defense uh-huh. yesterday. Yeah. So I'd, I'd have to go, and I think you would agree that Iowa is the favorite over Indiana, and Vegas has it at five and a half. Well, we're headed five and a half for Illinois. I <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. 
I don't think anybody knows. I definitely expect Iowa to beat Indiana, but then again, I picked it wrong yesterday, so I can pick it wrong again today. Purdue a six and a half point favorite over Michigan State, and uh, Brad Sturdy had a good line. It's uh, March is Izzo month. He seems to get the most out of his guys this time of year, doesn't he? Yeah, that was a, they played hard yesterday. They just played hard. I don't know. If, I don't know what happened to John Davis, but uh, it wasn't the Johnny Davis we've seen all season. And Kentucky, um, Kentucky's kind of moved in and swiped a number one seed from Auburn. It looks like in the down the Southeastern Conference. Well, Auburn's lost two games recently and had an overtime win. They have been slipping. I hope. <laughs> Is that fair? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you you want more than a slip. You want a crash. <laughs> that, that'd be better. Crash down the canyon. By the way, wasn't it interesting the things that uh, Weber had to say at the, you know, when he knew he was out, and but yes. right, right before that it was announced that he was out as Kansas State coach, where he talked about the fact that four of the last four of the five guys who were investigated and and found, you know, that received a letter of inquiry. After the 2017 uh, event, that four of the five coaches are in the NCAA tournament, <laughs> it pays to cheat. That's why I've been led, saying that all my life. That's why he let his hair grow. That was his protest. He yeah. said he wasn't cutting his yeah. hair until they did something about that. And so they asked self what he thought about it, and he was he, he took the high road. Yeah, I think Bruce might be advised to get a haircut before his next job <laughs> interview. Just to, and he'll have some job. You think interviews. he'll coach again? I do. Okay. I do. I think. Certainly, but he would. That's what he does. Be approached. That's right. And I'm not sure his wife wants him around the house all the time quite yet. <laughs> He's got four grandkids now, so that would be some some fun for him. But uh, I think, uh, well, you look at his alma mater, Wisconsin Milwaukee. I think is going to have a have an opening. Uh, would they call him? Why not? There's some other jobs out there. Uh, then you've got the. I'm not tying these two together, but in a separate situation, you got the Missouri job open now. Mm-hmm. Conzo uh, Martin is out. Of course, he was hired the same time Brad Underwood was hired you here. You think Greg Marshall would get interested in that? Maybe. I bet he's interested. I don't know if Missouri would hire him, but uh, my first thought was Dana Altman at at Oregon, um, because I think there's been some conversation in the past between those two schools. I don't know if there still is or not, but uh, a lot of interesting uh, coaching carousel talk. Well, the Georgia a, jobs open. Yeah, there's a 16 or 17 jobs open. I, I lost count when it went over 14, but, uh, you know, and, and Conzo Martins, uh, I, I thought maybe they'd keep him another year, but uh, no. Let's uh, squeeze in a call here. Rich in Champaign is on with us. What do you say, Rich? Hey, uh, I hope you're having a good day. Um, I'm not, and I, mean, I am, but Based on what I've watched this Illinois team do over the season and how they are going to sleep in about a half of every game, I, I, not the whole half, but I mean they have an uncanny ability to just just stop playing and the missing shots and 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 you know I, I, this is my prediction and I hate this we're big time fans but I I, see, I don't think they're going to get past the first round of the NCAA with this kind of if this is their preparation they're in deep deep trouble teams see it. I hope that doesn't happen, but if I was going to bet a few dollars, I'd bet they go out in the first round. I, I hate that, but we'll see, and uh, you guys have a good day. I just am really disappointed, like everybody is, I'm sure. Well, I don't know why you're disappointed. I, I really don't. I mean, this team has got a certain level of ability, and they're playing close games every single game, and every team that they're playing has got players, virtually every team has got players just as good as they are. 
I, why why should we feel that Illinois has any special? I mean, they they did a fantastic thing in time for the Big Ten championship. That was an incredible accomplishment. They and, did. The, the, the three at the end was was maybe that's what got me all jacked up. Or well, I mean, like. how close were those games? How close were they? I mean, well, were they all decided in the final minute? No. No, they weren't. I, the last no, two were. But the question is, towards the end of the game, yes. But I don't think you, I, I don't know. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Well, I, I mean, they're limited. How many NBA players does Illinois have? Well, quite a few. Huh? They don't have any. They don't have any. They don't have an NBA player on it. They don't have anybody that's going to be drafted in the top 60. No, no, no. I agree with you, Jim. No, I agree with that. No, agree okay, with that. so they don't have it. So uh, how many NBA players do the other teams have? How many does Iowa have? How many does Wisconsin have? How many does uh, uh, Notre Dame have? How many does, uh, I mean, the teams that they played this year have NBA players who are going to be drafted this year in the top group in the first round. What I'm trying to tell you is other teams have really good players and better than Illinois. Well, I think that's true. Well, then why would you expect Illinois to win? Well, that's what I was saying, Jim. I don't. <laughs> well, okay. I'm, I'm Lauren, but that's okay. But uh, but, but uh, all I'm saying is I, I, I'm not going to be disappointed no matter what happens because, I mean, it's, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a hard-fought game, and it isn't because we have superior players to anybody else. It isn't. We got Kofi, and that's it, and he's not an NBA player. Hey, Rich. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Um, we'll see how we'll see how things uh, play out. Nine fifty nine is the time, and uh, time now to pull our winner from our game day spirit uh, contest that is ongoing. By the way, if you'd like to uh, register to get involved in that, it's a fifty dollar gift card. This week is the uh, prize uh, that will be given away here in just moments right here live on the radio. But uh, you can uh, get involved by going to the WDWS Facebook page or WDWS.com. Look for the Game Day Spirit icon there and uh, sign up to be uh, included in the drawing. And this week's winner is Teresa Howard. Teresa Howard wins the $50 gift card from Game Day Spirit. And Leah Bice from uh, Game Day Spirit is on the line with us this morning. Good morning, Leah. How are you? Good morning, Steve. I'm doing well. Wish uh, we could have got a different win for the Illini yesterday, but we're looking ahead to bigger and better things. Well, there's a lot going on at Game Day Spirit uh, Fan Store, two locations. You've got the uh, Big Ten Championship merchandise, correct? That is correct. We have our official on-court tee that you saw the guys wearing on Sunday night, as well as other styles that are yet to come. So we're super excited to be the official fan store for the postseason and for all year round for the Illini. And you've got some player jerseys and, and all kinds of uh, items like that uh, available too, right? Yes, we have an official collection with Trent Frazier as well as Kofi and Curbelo and uh, Io DeSumo and D Brown. So we have a lot of great NIL styles that um, we really enjoyed getting to do this year, especially working with Trent. Um, he is just a great guy and a great player. And so, um, yeah, we are so grateful to get to work with these guys. And, um, yeah, the NIL has really changed the game for a lot of us. So it's been awesome. And you've got the NCAA tournament coming up. You got some special uh, plans in the works for that. 
we do. We actually just yesterday released our official March Madness tee available in store and online. And we also have uh, more styles yet to come. We're hoping for an extended time here in the NCAA tournament. So we will have new styles released here in the next coming weeks. And so the best way to stay in tune with us is on social media at Game Day Spirit. And there you'll be able to see um, right when things are released, we're putting them online and putting them on social media. So lots of exciting stuff here in the, the March Madness postseason. We'll keep an eye out for that. Leah, thanks for your time this morning. Good to talk to you. You as well. Thanks, Steve. You bet. Those two locations, by the way, if you want to go in-store shopping, uh, 519 East Green Street, 1602 South Neal Street for Game Day Spirit. And congratulations to Teresa Howard, this week's winner of a $50 gift card. We're hitting the top of the hour. We're a, a skosh past the top of the hour. We'll take a break and be back with hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. Call us today at 217-355-9390. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you until 11 o'clock. Some folks that have been on hold there as we uh, moved along at the top of the hour. We're going to get uh, those callers on right now. Then we're going to talk to Will Leach as well about basketball and baseball. Let's go to Rich in Rantoul. You have a comment on Bruce Weber. Is that right, Rich? Yeah, maybe... Underwood could get him as an offensive coordinator for the last 10 minutes of a game. Bruce knows how to coach talent. Okay. And he's proven that. He has. I agree with Lauren on one thing. You need a couple, at least one NBA player, maybe two on your team to go very far in this tournament or to win it especially. I think that's probably right. Kofi's going to play in the NBA. He'll make a living there, but he won't be a star, I don't think. Well, okay. I'm not sure about anybody else. Maybe Frazier, if he can get more consistent. All right, Rich. Thanks for hanging on. We, we appreciate your comments on uh, Bruce Weber. And Bruce is a good basketball coach. And as I said before the break, I think uh, if he wants to coach again, he'll find a job. He might. Uh, uh, he was looking at mid-major opportunities when he took the Kansas State job. So you don't know what might uh, pop out there. Let's go to Mike in Champaign. When, uh, what do you say, Mike? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I just have a quick comment. Uh, You guys have heard me say this on this show before, but listening a little bit this morning, it seems to me with Illini Nation, the first sound you hear is the squeak of the springs as everybody jumps on the bandwagon. The next sound you hear is the screams of pain as they all jump off and fall on each other. It just seems like it's that way all the time. Well, it's really hard to win. (laughs) fans, Fans in general, I don't know. Yeah. Well, other teams are getting the top 
five-star players across the country. Illinois is not. And that's just a case of that's what that's what it is. Illinois is dealing with four stars. Other teams are dealing with five stars. And there are many teams that are better. There are many better talented programs than Illinois. That but Illinois is still uh, good enough to win a share of the Big Ten championship this year. And I think we should be awful happy with it. But that doesn't mean anything as far as the NCAA is concerned. No, I agree. I just am sometimes amazed at how fickle fans are. In, yeah, in, and I agree with you. And then, and then criticizing. Yeah, it's not just Illinois fans. I think that's any fan base. They're going to yeah. react the same. Hey, Mike, we appreciate the call. Thanks for taking time to do that. Thanks very much. Yep, let's talk to Jason in New Lenox this morning. Go ahead, Jason. Yes, gentlemen, I was just wondering how I could get tickets to tonight's games, uh, the 3A and 4A games. Walk up to the gate and put down your $10 and walk in. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> Appreciate the call. Be worth the trip down to uh, Champaign for those games coming up. There are four games, the first of which uh, begins in less than an hour at the State Farm Center. Plenty of good seats. Yep. Jason, thanks for calling. And we say good morning to our friend Will Leach. Good morning, Will. How are you? Uh, good morning. I, I enjoyed listening to those uh, to those calls. I, I the, the reason the fans are always jumping on off of the bandwagon in Illinois is because Illinois lo- has great fans that are very emotional about their team. And so, yeah. uh, believe you me, I, that's a great thing. There's a, like I, I live down here in Athens, Georgia, and like nobody is jumping on and off the college basketball Georgia bandwagon. They don't <laughs> care. So, so that so that Illinois is. Uh, is a, I got very emotional during the game yesterday, but uh, I think that's a, that's generally a good sign, not just for the fans, but for the program moving forward. Speaking of Georgia, what's the word on uh, what's the talk about uh, who might replace Tom Cream? <laughs> yeah, there was a great, there was a report this morning said that they've made contact to Scott Drew of Baylor, which I have to say, shoot your shot, uh, Georgia. <laughs> By all means, <laughs> go for it. So, uh, and, I, and uh, you know, I think the idea was uh, like get him out. Their worries about the Big Twelve, but I, you know, I think you know they have a new athletic director here. You know, here at Georgia, obviously uh, the football program kind of runs itself, and obviously they're not going to be making any changes there. The athletic director did not hire Kirby Smart, so really this is kind of the biggest move he's going to get to make. So they're going to shoot big. I think that the, I, you know, I. It's funny. There's been a lot of talk that they're looking. They're not looking for Brad Underwood, obviously, but they're looking for that kind of hire where you do kind of what Whitman did with with Underwood, where you find someone who maybe is a little underpaid somewhere, maybe a little underappreciated, but is established, and try to bring them in. I think they're looking for that more than looking for the next up and comer uh, kind of mid major coach. So I think it's it's Georgia. They get a lot of money here, so I think that I think they're going to find somebody pretty good. Will Leach is our guest for the next few minutes. We do have the phone line open, 217-356-9397. Will, among other um, job opportunities, writes for MLB.com. So, we, obviously, we thought of you right away when uh, the, the baseball players and owners finally came to terms. took them 99 days, which I haven't figured out why it took them that long to, to get <laughs> to this point. But we're happy we're at this point. We can see a, an opening day in sight for April the 7th. Your thoughts on this whole situation now, and we're finally turning our attention to the game on the field. Yeah, well, hey, just obviously just a relief. You know, they, the the main thing that was really frustrating throughout this process is the two sides were not that really far apart. They just really hated each other. <laughs> so they couldn't really talk to one another. And so I, I think that was what was so frustrating. So to see them come to a deal – you know, there are, there are little changes. It's, what's funny about this is the big changes that they were all arguing about are stuff the average fan really doesn't and probably shouldn't 
care about, you know, the, the, the competitive balance tax and all the sort of things that the owners get dialed up about and the players get dialed up about. So to me, you know, I think it's telling that once this deal got done, uh, everyone was like, yeah, yeah, whatever the deal is, who cares? Uh, when the game starts, let's get moving. <laughs> what are the rule changes? And I think that's a good sign. I think that they got it just in time. I think if they would have cut too much into the regular season, I mean, you know, you don't need me to tell you the vitriol that was headed mostly toward the owners, I think toward the owners and the players uh, as well, was it was putting the game in a pretty perilous spot, which frankly, you know, baseball already is a little bit uh, on the precipice. So I think getting, getting, getting back, it was surprising to me to see the number of people who are casual baseball fans being like, oh, thank heavens, they're back. Mm-hmm. I, think it was, I think it was not so much that like, they couldn't wait to watch a game. It's just they weren't quite ready to write off baseball yet, and they would have if this would have gone much longer. So I think uh, it's almost a relief to have it back. And I think, you know, I, I, you know, I certainly wouldn't expect the Cardinals to make any big dramatic moves uh, uh, other than the weird guy from Japan that they got, which is <laughs> good for him. I love that we've been waiting three months for baseball signings and the Cardinals like, we've got the first one. Here's a guy that nobody knows, <laughs> which is, which is very exciting. Um, but I, I do think that uh, I, I think it's going to be an exciting couple of days. And I think that they're going to get 162 games in, some of the rule changes may upset purists a little bit. Uh, I uh, Everybody has their thing. The DH doesn't bother me so much. The, I'm enough of a, a longtime baseball fan to where seeing advertisements on uniforms is just going to look hard, to be honest with you. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it's certainly better than seeing no one wearing uniforms because they're not playing baseball. So uh, I, w- I will take it. Well, at least we don't have a man on second in the 10th inning. We don't have, uh, exactly. uh, we don't yeah. have any limit on the positioning of players. We don't have a time clock on pitchers yet, but we might have that next year, huh? No seven-inning doubleheaders either. No, all nine-inning no games. And I think you, I think you are the, – the, I mean, really, this is the year uh, where we're going to figure out what's going on, whether the shift – the shift to me is the thing I find the strangest. I, I don't really – I understand that there are discussions about making baseball more, you know, more aesthetically pleasing and so on. I, I would argue a pitch clock – and maybe even the changing of the mound might do a little bit on that. A shift to me, it just feels bizarre. To imagine saying like, "Sorry, buddy Ryan, you can't do the forty-six defense because it works too well." You know, it's it's a really <laughs> strange thing to tell a baseball team that. Uh, Sorry, I know this is helping you defend play, but don't do that. Uh, that that feels very much against the spirit of kind of baseball. Much more against the spirit than some of the other. I would think wanting to keep the shift. Uh, wanting to keep the ship would be something that purists would be very much for because it allows you to uh, to uh, to not change the fundamental rules of the game. So, but we've got a year to figure out that the DH thing is going to be different. Uh, I think for a lot of NL fans, a lot of Cardinals and Cubs fans, uh, will take a while to get used to that. But otherwise, no, I don't think the changes are going to be that dramatic, and there's going to be an extra playoff team, which I think may have. Uh, I you know I think that uh, I would argue. I wrote a piece on MLB about this yesterday. You know, I certainly I know that people think it devalues the regular season. I think 14 would have done that really a lot. I think 12 is reasonable. And also, you know, remember last year the extra wild card? There was a wild card game, so there was just one game to decide who got to keep going. Now there is at least a series. Like you do at least get a series to decide for those wild card matchups. So I think I don't think that's going to be as disruptive as maybe 14 would have been. Well, uh, tell us how you would schedule all these extra games in when you already have. You're going to have this 162-game schedule now, and you've got less time to do it, and you've got to make sure there's no rain at any point along the way. 
<laughs> yeah, there won't be any rain. Don't worry. The weather is always very predictable and stable. Uh, and, and also, by the way, a bunch of players aren't going to be able to play in Canada. That's another little wrinkle to this, by the way. I don't know if you've seen, but like unvaccinated players will not be allowed to play games in Canada at all this year. So that should be a fun little wrinkle to add to your fantasy uh, baseball teams uh, throughout the season. I would argue that uh, – I think the main thing, Jason Stark had a good piece in The Athletic about this this morning, and they talked to the, the, for one of the series they're going to take up, up take care of simply by adding on to the, the end of the regular season. So uh, if, you, if you bought tickets, for example, to go see the last game of uh, Yachty and Adam Wainwright at Bush Stadium, those are still going to be the last games. There's just now a series at Pittsburgh <laughs> that's <laughs> going to be added on to that. So there's three. So which I think will be kind of fun, actually, because you'll always, you know, always in the last day of the season, they will always do play the games at the same time, so it's not affect the playoff races. That should be interesting this year because that's going to happen on a Wednesday. That's going to happen on a night, which I think will actually be kind of fun. Otherwise, you'll see double headers. You'll see some off days. There's some difficult ones that uh, there's teams that had a had a uh, uh, interleague series the first weekend. That's going to be super hard to kind of figure out. But I I, I think that I think they they got there just in time because I think that was the really scary thing about Tuesday. If they hadn't come to a deal on on Wednesday, if they had not come to a deal that day. Basically, what you were going to be looking at was not just them still fighting about the deal they were already arguing about. They were going to argue, wait, so if we're not paying 162 games, do you pay players 162 games? The players would have fought that, and we'd have been, who knows? When we'd Going on forever. If, 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 if that happened. So I think that, I, I do think that uh, whatever one's thoughts about the deal, it was, like, if, if they did not gotten a deal done this week, I think it would have been a long time until they got a deal. So I think we're pretty fortunate. We real, they really did come right up to the precipice and pulled it out just in time. No Cub Cardinal games the whole month of April. How about that? No. Uh, you know, so, no, it's always real cold at Wrigley anyway. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I'm ready, I'm, ready, I'm ready to have those games nice and warm in July if I've got the opportunity. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, listen, I, 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 get, I will be at Wrigley uh, at the end of April. I get a chance. I'm working on a story about Wrigley. It'll be great to, to see it. And, you know, it's funny to see you know, we've spent so much time over the last three months just being so discouraged by baseball and being so frustrated by kind of what they were putting the, us, putting themselves and the rest of us through. I almost like I, it's taking me like a few days to adjust to like, right, they're actually are going to play. That game at Wrigley is going to happen. And I think it's not just because of this. You know, I think that baseball has had really not a normal season since 2019. Like, obviously, 2020 had all of its issues. In 2021, there weren't fans in the stands at the beginning of the year. They almost delayed the start of that season because of COVID issues. And then this year, obviously, with the, with the, with the lockout, I think there's a lot of first – I think – there's still a sense that baseball, because this is now the third straight season that's been disrupted in some in one way, shape, or form, is like teetering, and you can't count on it. You can't rely on it. And I think that's something they really got to get over. And so, to me, the best news of this deal is they don't have to sign another one for five years. So I've got like five years where we don't have to worry about that, uh, or at least four until they start. Everyone starts getting in the corners and fighting with each other again. Talking to Will Leach, you know, baseball fans always enjoy the hot stove lead talk over the course of. Uh, the off season, we didn't get much of that this year. Now we're going to need an extra large hot stove <laughs> in the in the yeah. uh, next couple of weeks as uh, trades and free agent signings start to pile up. It should get a little crazy, shouldn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a pressure cooker. So yeah, there you go. A, uh, uh, whatever the opposite of a crock pot is, uh, it's going <laughs> to happen real fast. And uh, and I, I think so. And you know, it's interesting. You hear, you know, I don't think the Cardinals are going to get on any of these moves. Like, there's been rumors of the Cubs with Carlos Correa and trying to lump start, uh, j- uh, jumpstart their 
the rebuild that way. I don't really see that. That seems like a little out of character, particularly in the wake of kind of the lockout. But, yeah, you know, I think you're going to see so much happen in the next three or four days. And what's interesting is the way the playoff format has changed, you know, a lot of the teams in the NL Central, Cubs and Cardinals included, over the last few years have kind of shot for 87, 88 wins, just try to outlast the rest of the division. And ordinarily, that would make some sense this year because the Pirates are clearly rebuilding. The Reds are clearly rebuilding. The Brewers were good last year, but I think they still have offensive problems. And the Cubs obviously uh, have, uh, uh, have gone through everything that they've gone through. I think a team like the Cardinals could probably shoot for 87, 88 wins and feel comfortable with it. But with the new format, playoff format, if you don't have one of the best two records in the National League, that doesn't make you any different than a wild card team. And so hopefully that will make these teams more aggressive. I think if you're the Cardinals uh, or the Brewers or if the Cubs, if you're feeling ambitious, you need to shoot for like 93, 94 wins and really like get some distance between you and the rest of the division because that second playoff spot is a much bigger deal. Just winning the division, if you have the, if you have the worst record of the division winners, you might as well be a wild card team. And so I think that that hopefully will spur I think the Cardinals have a real opportunity. I actually feel like someone like Kyle Schwarber makes a ton of sense for the Cardinals with, with a DH. They need a left-handed bat like that. I, I think that you're, you're going to see those sort of tactical moves. I, I would love to see Albert Pujols back in the Cardinals uniform. I will say someone like Schwarber seems to make more sense uh, than, than someone like Pujols. But, but uh, certainly I think there should be incentive for the Cardinals and teams like them to not just try to win the Central now. You need to win the Central and be better than one of the other teams in the National League that win the division. That's a big deal in this new format. Yeah, the DH was going to be my next question for the Cardinals. How do you think they were going to handle that? You mentioned Schwarber. I've always liked that idea. They've Got some of what they feel are some uh, some possible internal choices as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't actually think they will go after Gorman. Anytime I have a good idea on a free agent, they never do it. <laughs> I feel like the last time the last time they did that, the last time we were agreeing about that was I think Carlos Beltran after uh, Pujols left. I thought, hey, that'd be a good fit, and they did that one. Of course, he was under market. Schwarber will not be under market, so I don't expect them to do that. The question is really how comfortable. Do they feel with someone like Nolan Gorman being ready? You know, Gorman, Gorman is a is a big power hitter, but he's all, he's a big power hitter, and he, but he's not considered quite ready. If just because I think that uh, if you uh, Cardinal fans may remember the early days of Randall Grichik, where he would just hit these monstrous home runs, but also strike out constantly. I think you're going to see Gorman kind of like that from the beginning. He's a big power, but a big strikeout guy. And he's, he's, he, he hits left hand, so that makes a big difference. But, you know, he can, they've been training him to play second base. They want to be able to move around. I really feel like the Cardinals, maybe if Gorman is really hot in AAA starting the season, they may consider that, uh, bringing him up. But I think at first they're much more likely to, like, put – like have like a to, to platoon between like a large new bar, you know, <laughs> and someone like there Juan Yepes, who's uh, one of the, uh, the the right-handed hitter they had that showed up at the end of last year. I think that it's really not the Cardinal style to spend a lot of money on on a one-dimensional player like they would get there. There was a story that came out this morning that Nelson Cruz had signed with a National League team. I do not expect that to be the Cardinals. I think that's not really their style. I think they will, and I think you'll see that a lot of the, the, the teams like the Rays, for example, a lot of these new these new teams that have had the DH for years, they don't have a traditional DH where it's like a Greg Lezinski or a Dave Kingman or a David Ortiz in that matter. They often put, the, the, they often put like, they'll rest the regular players by having them be DH for a time. If you were, someone asked me today, who do I think will be the most common DH for the Cardinals this year? And I actually said uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> I actually feel like Paul Goldschmidt will be the one. He'll, he's the first baseman. He'll, he'll constantly play first base. 
But I also think, you know, because he's getting older and you'll want to rest him, I think having him be a DH uh, uh, is going to be a big part of the strategy. It's resting your – giving your regulars like a half day off by having them DH. I think you'll see that a lot more than you'll see someone bring – see them bring in like a big name. Talking to Will Leach. Let's take a call for Will. John in Champaign. Go ahead, John. You're on the air. Uh, I actually had basketball question. I'll hold on. I'll hold on to your through if oh. that's fine. Well, that's okay. He, uh, we got a good basketball. Oh, I'll, 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 go right I'll ahead. Basketball, you let me. Go ahead, John. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, it's about it's about the uh, basketball, but uh, I I kind of I agree with you, Lauren, about the uh, us getting four stars and the other team getting five stars. Some some five stars, uh, but I've I have heard the coach say, and. Uh, I kind of I tend to agree with it. I want people that are going to be around more than one year. I want I want to develop old players. As I say, I th- I think that's a good idea. Everyone has to find their niche, uh, but we're going to pay for that from time to time by having guards that we really like, really respect, but they're six feet, six feet one, and we're losing out to excuse me, we're losing out to teams that have six five, six six guards for the most part that take the ball to the bucket and don't put so much pressure on Kofi. Your, your thoughts, uh, Will? Yeah, I, ha- I have to say, like, that the I've always – I like Underwood's view on that. He likes an old team. And I think someone pointed out the stat that the, the Illinois starting lineup is older than four NBA starting lineups. That's right. It's really kind of wild when you think about it. So I, I get that idea, and I understand. I think there's a lot of value in it. But uh, if it doesn't, this is if, if you if you buy that theory, this is definitely a year where it should work, right? <laughs> They've got this really old team that's played together for a long time. It is like slowly working in freshmen, but certainly not relying to any stretch on freshmen. If if that's the theory of the case, and I think there's value to that theory to Underwood's uh, argument in that in that way, I think that makes sense. But this is it better work now, and I'll, I'll have to say uh, for. Uh, I, I watched the end of Indiana game yesterday, and we've frankly seen this a few times this year. Frazier's bailed out the Illini a couple of times, but I certainly have not watched the Illini at the end of a lot of games this year and thought, wow, this is a group of seniors that work together real well in the, in the final moments. Like, often it's it's either uh, it's Trent bailing them out or uh, or having a, a surprise come out of nowhere to make a big play, or, or Corbello will, it will, will overcome some of the things he's done earlier and do something big, and uh, unlike yesterday, for that matter. So I, I agree with the idea idea of having an older team but it's a theory and now it's in practice and and for me uh, i i think that uh i you need now is what this is going to work because this team's going to get younger next year and they're not being replaced by five stars so like you know this, this is the idea of the team that the underwood claims he wants uh we'll see if it works out so how are you finding time? I, I'm assuming you're working on your second book, or you're about to. How, how do you find time to, to get all that in now that everything is ramping back up? Yeah, I, I certainly wrote a few MLB pieces during my downtime of the last <laughs> 90 days to be prepared uh, for, 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 the, for the deluge that was coming. But, you know, I am working on the next book. It's due actually in about a month and a half. So uh, certainly it's a, it's a stressful, busy time. But it's exciting. You know, this is the fun part is getting able to write this stuff. I'm actually going to be back in Champaign uh, the second week of April. The, uh, uh, the Daily Illini is inducting its, um, its Hall of Fame. And so they do a Hall of Fame class every, every uh, few years. And they ran out of people to honor. So <laughs> I will get to be a part of that. 
uh, this year. So I will be back. I will find way to be back in Champaign during this uh, uh, very busy time, right before the right before the season starts. Uh, or I think it's the opening weekend of baseball season. I will be back in Champaign. Uh, so know when I am there that I that every minute that I'm not at a daily Illini event, I will be working on the book. <laughs> but it will be a, it will be a very exciting thing to be able to do. So you know, this is the fun part. Listen, I don't know about you all, but like I feel like I've kind of been locked in my house for two years. So uh, I'm going to take every opportunity to do everything I can now, and uh, and whether that's riding or getting back to Champagne or getting to baseball games, or hopefully if Illinois makes the Final Four, I'm making the trip to New Orleans. So I I, uh, I think you guys take every opportunity you can. Well, with all that stuff going on, we uh, really appreciate you taking time with us, and uh, thanks for doing that this morning. And we'll bump into you soon. Uh, well, my my pleasure. Hopefully, I'll talk to you all in New Orleans. How about that? How's that sound? All Sounds right. good. That's Will Leach, uh, everybody. At ten twenty six, we'll take a break here as we approach the uh, bottom of the hour. Dion Thomas will join us. We'll get back to basketball. We'll keep the uh, phone lines open two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk continues after this. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk rolling on at ten thirty one. We're up to 16 degrees now. Heat wave out there. Supposed to be in the 50s tomorrow, back in the 60s on Monday. So, Lauren, get the golf clubs out. You'll need them before long. We've had calls from all over this morning. Let's take a couple of more. Deion Thomas is standing by as well. Let's go to Jeff in New York. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind this morning? Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, real quick, like, because I don't want to cut into Dion. I would like to listen to him as well. Um, Lauren, yesterday... Uh, Jeff Gordon's tip sheet column in the Post-Dispatch was talking about the coaching carousel, and Will started to touch on it himself. Um, it said that uh, there's apparently a uh, contingent, for lack of a better word, of uh, K-State fans who have uh, decided that their number one choice to replace Bruce is Brad Underwood. Sure. And... Um, Jeff quoted uh, one of the local papers in Manhattan, I believe it was, who said, uh, well, speaking of it, he said, well, in order to make this search even meaningful, there's no way that they can't at least talk to Underwood and make him say no. Um, I wondered, have you heard anything along those lines? And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I've heard that they would love to have Underwood and, my guess is that Underwood won't go. Okay. He's got a long-term contract here. He's got a really good contract. He's got better players and a better chance to win here than he has at Kansas State. And uh, but it's his home, so you know they, they want him, they want to bring him back where he attended. And you can't blame them for making the call. Oh no, I'd do it if I was them. I would too. We made a call like that when we didn't think he would accept. Right. There, I, I, my report on the meeting with Whitman. Somebody said, "Why don't we?" Why don't we contact Underwood? He said, well, Underwood won't come. He's only been there at Oklahoma State one year. And I think Whitman's reply, at least I was told this, was, well, why don't we ask him? And then you get a surprise. Yep. He said yes. The other thing I would point out about the Kansas State job is that uh, you're always going to be second fiddle to the Jayhawks. That's right. I think. You bet. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, thanks, Lauren. I just wanted to uh, float that by you. Sure. Good stuff, Jeff. Thanks for calling from New York. Let's go to Maryland. Eric is with us. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, guys. What's up? Good morning. 
Uh, just watching the game yesterday, it seemed like uh, there was a breakdown defensively. I, I, I mean, the center from Indiana, I mean, he must have had five uh, layups in a row, whether Kofi was guarding him or, any, or, or the guy from Florida, the transfer. It just seemed they had a, too many easy baskets. And then, of course, we live and die by the three, and tr- Trent wasn't hitting open threes. Um, Plummer wasn't hitting them. Uh, that, that that was my analysis. But getting back to the Kofi thing, I, I think uh, Lawrence said that you know there's no one on the team that is really going to be a, a high NBA prospect. Is there any way, with that being known, is there any way to try to keep him in Champagne for one more year with some endorsements? From the, he has the an enormous, defense? enormous NIL deal going right now, and he will have an enormous NIL deal going next year. Then, then is there a chance that he may stay and try to hone his skill? There's a chance and, he uh, might leave, or there's a better chance he'll stay because he's <laughs> going to make more money here than he can make anywhere in the world. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. So why why is everyone doom and gloom that think he's going to leave? I mean, I don't know anybody that's doom and gloom that thinks he's going to leave. Who thinks he's going to leave? Why would he leave? Everyone's talking that he. Yeah, I mean, they honored him at senior night. They honored, of course you know, talk is that he's going to leave early one year. But I, I would think with all the endorsements, uh, what are the rules with that? Can he take can he take donor money directly from uh, uh, individuals? Can the athletic department? What are, what are the exact? There's rules a group those? called Illini Guardians. Is one of the uh, groups that is getting together to uh, manage NIL money for the players, and similar groups are at other schools as well. So there's a, a process there. They they manage it. To, through the uh, representative or agent of the uh, players, and uh, they take care of it that way. The school can't do it du- directly, but uh, that, that's how it's done, and that's the way. It's, that's where we are now in 2022. We, we know from the university that he's already well up into six figures. Yes, well up into the hundreds of thousands. Well, maybe get him to seven figures next year. Uh, quick well, comment on Capello. <laughs> that's a million. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no yeah. doubt. No doubt they can do it. I think. I think Curbelo's looking at maybe being the point guard for either the Globetrotters or maybe, depending on how he plays, maybe the Generals. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Let's yep. uh, welcome in our friend Dion Thomas, who wishes the NIL was in play when <laughs> he was playing a few years ago. Good morning, Dion. How are you? Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Lauren. You are exactly right, my friend. I was born too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Weren't we all? (laughs) Many of us in this discussion were born too soon. But, uh, Dion, let's get your thoughts on on that game and and what now? Time to kind of reboot, reload for the Illini. And sure, you would have liked to have won uh, a game or two or three over in Indianapolis. But uh, there's a bigger tournament down the road. Uh, you're 100% right. I, I thought we would be raising two trophies this year, but unfortunately, uh, Indiana had something else uh, to say about that. But I'd like to touch on while I'm discussing this. One of the, the your last caller talked about how uh, Tracy Jackson Davis made several baskets. You know, it was set up for them to defend him one on one and to be able to help and dig inside. But he has to remember. At the beginning of the season, Trace Jackson Davis was a preseason All-American. They were expecting this kid to be a lottery pick um, this, this, at the end of the season. He is a very good player. 
And I, I don't care who you are. If you're defending a very good player one-on-one, they're going to score the basketball. You bet. You just want to make it difficult as humanly possible you can for him. I thought Illinois' defense um, was really good yesterday, but so was Indiana's defense. was really good yesterday. Um, they have a great coach over there, Mike Woodson. We have a great coach on our sideline, Brad Underwood. And yesterday we just couldn't make baskets, and, and that was the, the issue. We make missed baskets, missed free throws, and that kills us. If we make half the free throws that we took, we win that game. If we make half of the dunk to go along with the free throws, we win that game. I mean, but unfortunately, there are games when there's like a lid on the rim. I mean, I didn't have very many of them, thank God, but there was some that I had and that our teams have had. And that's just a part of this game. It's a part of this tournament. But there's a bright spot. Um, You remember last season, we made it all the way to the championship. We won the Big Ten tournament. And then we came out and we looked and played like an exhausted team. And, you know, we ended up losing, of course, to Loyola. Now we have an opportunity to heal some injuries, rest some weary legs, and then find out where we're going tomorrow. And I think be well-rested as well as prepared for whomever we have to face. So it's not so much... Um, to, to use a phrase that you used earlier, doom and gloom, we're just disappointed right now, and I know I am, about the fact that it ended, and it ended to Indiana um, and Indianapolis. Talking to Dion Thomas about Illinois basketball, we do have the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Dion, of course, one of our favorites. Let's bring in another favorite, former Illini, We've had him on the show a time or two. Quinn Richardson is with us this morning. Quinn, how are you doing? Good morning. Good morning, Steve. I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Wanted to just call in. and mm-hmm, Be, and, uh, be careful what you say because Dion's on there. He's monitoring your, your call, so you be a bit careful. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, good morning, Dion. I was going to tell Dion, too, keep the champagne on ice. Keep the champagne on ice. I think that's a clever name for his podcast. But what I wanted to say uh, is that, you know, from my view of the world, and I kind of agree, definitely agree with what Dion said, we get some legs rested, we get everyone healthy. You know, the Big Ten tournament is over now. The Illini did get a share of the outright co-champions in the Big Ten, which is fantastic. And now I think... Uh, what we do is see where we're going to play on St. Patrick's Day tomorrow, right? It's, it's going to be Thursday or Friday we'll play. We need to just kind of focus, be concentrated, and one game at a time. We So, so Corbello played 27 minutes yesterday. He had 10 rebounds, a number of assists. I think the other player will be back, Granderson. So we'll be healthy, and it's just one game, one game at a time. And I agree with what Lawrence said earlier today that, this tournament this year is up for grabs, right? There's tremendous parity out there. So anyone could get hot, get to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and then ultimately the Final Four. So, um, you know, that's the kind of way that I'm looking at it, uh, from my view, as bleeding orange and blue, right? I bleed orange and blue. 
Your comments, Dion? Oh, oh, I'm here. I, I hear. I do not disagree. I love the fact that the guys get the rest. Of course, as I mentioned, I mean, who wouldn't want to hold two trophies? But we got the most important one, uh, which is that tie with uh, Wisconsin. Sometimes I wish there was a, you know, you do the tiebreakers and sometimes you don't. We won. We beat them. It should be only one champion. But that's okay. I don't make those decisions. I'll let the, the people that make more money than me decide that. Uh, but at the same time, looking forward to wherever we are. And I think one of the biggest things is getting out of this conference where everyone knows everyone so well and being able to play against someone that we have not seen every all year in a different conference. I think it will serve us better, uh, especially if we're well-rested, which we should be. Dion, and I'll ask you this. Um, do you see this team as changing at all now from this point with um, Grandison coming back, we think, and with uh, Coleman Hawkins playing better, obviously, and uh, do, do you see any? Uh, and Curbelo definitely, definitely played better. Uh, other than shooting, uh, he could have done better than one out of seven. If he just made one layup, we'd we'd won the game. But uh, do you see this team uh, changing in any way in its form as we go into the tournament? Uh, no, and it's late to be changing and making anything any drastic changes right now what you want to do is just to make sure one that all your guys are healthy which we should be and hopefully we'll have uh, Branderson back and we're going to have to work him back in because you know I guess this will be what week two that he's out going to be a fatigue factor in there make sure that we work him back in and that he is uh, we keep his minutes uh, right right where he can be um, explosive. He can be himself at all times. So with Coleman Hawkins coming on, I think he's coming on at the right time. He's playing with a lot of confidence. Um, and I think that's really going to help bolster not just the Illinois start five, but it'll bolster the defense as well. Dion dropped out there a little bit. Uh, are you still with us, Quinn? Uh, yes. Yes, I am, Steve. Okay. We've kind of lost Dion there. We'll uh, try to get him back. Well, uh, anything else in your mind, Quinn, before we let you go? Good to hear from you, though. Oh, great. No, no, thanks. And, you know, I probably should have called in a few times ago, too. But um, the one thing that I would say is that, yeah, I'm excited with where we're going to be. We have uh, everything that we need to really, really advance. But, again, still focusing one game at a time. You know, if a guy from the perimeter is hot, you know, feed him, feeding the ball. If we miss a few, maybe we get a few easier shots, right? Maybe we get a few layups or, you know, a few easier shots for high percentage to get to the free throw line. So I think uh, the line I would be great uh, position, get everyone healthy. I did want to say this one thing, not necessarily a line night, but in the line night family, Steve, and thank you for asking me, is that uh, – Coach Dick Nagy's son, Scott Nagy, Wright State. Yeah. I ended up watching that game Monday and Tuesday in the tournament, and I had called Miss Henson to tell her the games was on, and she watched, and they were down 16, and they ended up winning. So Scott Nagy, I remember him when he was young, you know, real small when I was at Illinois. So to see him coaching on the sidelines and being unflappable and making the tournament is just, you know, just a thrill for me. 
you know, knowing Coach Nagy and then seeing his son have success there. So, mm-hmm. All right, Quinn, good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Quinn. Thank you. You Take bet. Take care. Go online now. 1046 is the time. We'll take a break here real quick and be back with more. And the phone lines will stay open, so stay with us on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. 1048, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Let's go back to the telephones. Say hello to Dirk in Chicago. What's up, Dirk? Hey, how's it going? Hey, quick question. Uh, Offensive rebounding. Sometimes it looks like our guys are getting tired, and as the shot goes up, we start running back on defense. Is it possible that with more depth we'll do better at that? Thanks. I don't know how to answer that. With more depth, we will be – I mean, we don't have – other than the uh, addition of – Coleman Hawkins to the front line. We don't have any good offensive rebounders other than Kofi. I mean, and yes, I mean they they are trying to get back and, and to prevent fast breaks on the other side. But I, uh, we don't have any offensive rebounders other than those two, do we, Steve? I, okay. Hello. Well, I think I think I think Demonte is a pretty good uh, offensive rebounder, and I think if you put Granderson. Because what happens is the other team puts three guys on Kofi, and so he's not really good. Well, Damani gets one or two offensive rebounds a game, yeah. I mean, at most. I, I, don't, I mean, he's not going to be in there often. He doesn't, he doesn't even penetrate very much. He doesn't get into the offensive. I mean, he doesn't lead, he's not in the paint, let's put it that way. Even when he dribbles, he turns around and, and goes back out. He didn't take a shot in the last game, not one shot. Okay, thanks. Yep, thanks, Dirk, for the call. Let's go to Bill in Rantoul. Morning, Bill. Morning, guys. I just uh, was up on uh, Rivals.com, the, uh, their website. I just kind of found this interesting. There's 26 five-star recruits in the class of 2022. You know how many are coming to the Big Ten? How many? One. Okay. Yeah. Number 14 to go into Indiana. Mm-hmm. Illinois had a... 59, a 69, and 93. Mm-hmm. I think they said the uh, the guy in 93rd position moved up 12 spots over the last. So, you know, maybe he's an up-and-comer. But yeah, even the great, great players like Davis and Murray weren't weren't high recruits. Right. I mean, we're, I'm perfectly aware of that. I, yeah. Maybe that's the reason yeah, why. They, maybe that's the reason why the Big Ten isn't winning many championships, <laughs> NCAA championships. <laughs> <laughs> you think? And there was kind of another interesting interesting thing in football in the last 10 years there's been 287 five-star football recruits and out of those 287 about a third of them have made an impact at the school and the rest of them never went anywhere is that right so it's yeah it's just kind of interesting yeah i think this is like 93 or 97 had any kind of impact at their school (laughs) And the rest didn't make it. Good stuff, so. Bill. Appreciate the call. All right, thanks. Ben. It's like Lauren, Lauren and I were both five stars back in our time. Look what <laughs> happened to us. Marty, you're with us from Pinehurst. What do you say, Marty? Well, you guys are five stars now, Steve. Mm-hmm. We're late bloomers. <laughs> hey, uh, Lauren, I'm going to admit something I'll never admit again. I'm going to be rooting for Monticello today. Well, and when sure. you be meant, you don't do that too often. Okay, I, I agree with that. I've got, I accept that. I've got a reason, though, that my mother's mother, my grandmother was a Crescent, so I'm okay. relatively sure that I'm related to the player at Monticello. You bet. He's a good player, <laughs> too, by the way. 
Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Um, uh, I'm glad to see that millionaires and billionaires almost got together, and then they finally did. Thank God that the rank-and-file players are smarter than the executive committee. Uh, so I'm glad baseball's back. As to Jeff con- Jeff's concern about Brad Underwood and, and K-State, sure, they got to ask. But he's at an age now where he doesn't want to start over from the ground up, and he's got a fairly good thing coming. Uh, I would remind everybody also that uh, five years ago, we would have been tickled to death with a bunch of four-star players. Tickled to death. Okay, so remember that, you know, four-star and five-star is in the eye of the beholder. And it would be nice to get uh, a five-star, but you know what? There, As a, the caller just said in football, there are no guarantees there either. I mean, Bryce McGowan's a five-star and a very good player, but didn't get Nebraska a championship this year. So you got to have more pieces. Mm-hmm. And Brad's, Brad has built that up, and he's doing a good job with it. Uh, I'll, I'll be looking forward to – as they're worried about size, next year they're going to have wings with length. So things will change. Things will change. I'm a little worried about uh, playing the three guards together because if Plummer's not shooting, he's not worth having out there because his defense is a liability. I understand that. Yeah, so if he's shooting, I'd rather see him come in off the bench as a microwave, personally, if, if they can get other people going. And Granderson's not a bad offensive rebounder, by the way. Well, I I don't know about that. I don't uh, offensive. Well, yeah, he sneaks in offensively and gets a a, a couple of rebounds a game, or gets a, a, a. I've seen him get a couple dunks, uh, coming in off the glass. So it depends on where they're at offensively and where the ball goes as to who's going to come in and be an offensive rebounder. I think because they're always going to have two guys back. Well, the thing that's different yeah. about Illinois from from the teams that we've been playing against, and when we is that when we run up against an Xavier Johnson, when we run up against a Ty Walker, when we run up against guys who can penetrate, kick, and shoot a fifteen footer, we don't have anybody doing that. We don't have anybody don't doing have penetrate injury. and kick, penetrate and shoot. We don't we have don't that. Have much mid, we don't have much mid range with the with the exception of Curbelo last year showed some mid range. Yep. Um, yeah, and some floater, and he just, you know, he just never got a fair chance to get enough practices in to be himself this year. Um, I don't think, and he's he's showing signs of improvement. He's always going to do some stupid things, but that's the nature of a guy that can do spectacular. That pass he made to Coleman Hawkins at the end break was the most unbelievable thing I ever saw, and of course Hawkins muffed. I don't. It wasn't unbelievable for me. I saw it coming. Didn't you, Steve? I mean, when I saw when I saw him breaking and and Corbella with the ball, I thought he's going to do that. I mean, <laughs> and 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 it almost you know it, it worked in the sense that yeah. uh, Corbella got uh, that uh, Coleman Hawkins got fouled, but uh, yeah. too bad he didn't make it, the dunk. That's the exception because most people just don't make that pass. No, but he, you know, he's going to. Oh, he's a he's he's an he's an exciting player. I mean. Good and bad, and you're going to have to live with that. But I think he'll be more good than bad when he gets regular practice in. I'm hoping next year he gets a normal season. God, he's got guts because he took a charge, and if I'd had that many concussion problems, I don't know if I could have stood in front of that big guy and taken that charge. Yeah, yep. yeah that's anyway, right. You guys, great show today. Great oh, show. Thank you, Marty. Appreciate it. Appreciate All the right. call. Need to take one final break. We'll do that and be back with some final words after this. 
Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online PellaofChampagne.com. It is 10.58, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, wrapping things up here on this show. We've had about uh, 20 or so calls this morning. We certainly appreciate that. We did. We had a bunch of text messages they haven't had a chance to get to and uh, may not uh, since we're running out of time. One was about uh, a... Basketball recruit, Sky Clark is his name, who had uh, signed with Kentucky. He is asked out of that um, commitment and has opened his recruiting up again. The question was, is Illinois interested in him? I think they will be once he becomes uh, uh, once he becomes out there. And, uh, and I think that he's a guy that Illinois would be talking to. Mr. Tate, enjoy the day of basketball today. Lauren's going to the uh, State Farm Center. We watch Monticello, that first game getting set to get underway as we speak. Yorkville Christian and Liberty. Thanks to our guests this morning, Luke Mary, an assistant basketball coach at Monticello. Brad Sturdy from IlliniGuys.com. We also uh, talked to uh, Leah Bice from Game Day Spirit. Will Leach from MajorLeagueBaseball.com. Deion Thomas, Quinn Richardson also uh, checked in with us. We had about 20 phone calls on the show this morning. So we appreciate you listening right here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, and 93.9 FM. Thanks to our producer, Dave Leak, and to Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good weekend, everybody.